Our next guest is uh, a young man that I had uh, the good fortune of coaching. I actually traveled up to uh, the Traverse City area of northern Michigan for, I believe, five years where I helped uh, train athletes all around schools around the Traverse City area, but actually worked as a, as a offensive coach and a defensive coach at Elk Rapids High School where this young man came from. His name is Alec Troutman. Alec uh, went Division One to Dayton University. Alec was a great football player. Uh, he injured his back. Um, he chose to uh, step away from the game for a while. And uh, so let's get started with Alec Troutman. And uh, I think you'll enjoy hearing a story of a young man that had to choose whether he was going to play football again or not. All right, Alec Troutman. So with me here on this uh, on this call is uh, I got a kind. I hope I can keep a chain on this this bulldog, Alec Troutman. Alec uh, is a young man I trained uh, through Team Attack Academy. Uh, took through the recruiting process up in Elk Rapids, Michigan. Uh, he, li he lives in Williamsburg, just south of Elk Rapids. Um, currently going to Dayton University. He went to Dayton to play football. Uh, Dayton's uh, in the Pioneer Conference of the Division One FCS. Uh, hurt his back. Uh, is currently not playing, and he's doing the most unlikely of two things. One is he's had a girlfriend for 15 months, which is astounding to me. And two, he's taking an accounting job and has already accepted an accounting job at Deloitte. They just call it Deloitte now, don't they? They don't call it Deloitte Touche like they used to. Do. They call it Deloitte Touche, but like the name usually is just Deloitte. So he, uh, Alec is in real life. Uh, Alec, I started working with you before your ninth grade year, right? Yeah, I think in the summer. Yeah. The summer before that. The summer he, before ninth grade. And yeah. what, I, what I understand, your dad kind of had to pull you off the soccer field to get you to play football. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was always for football. So the Troutman brothers are kind of infamous up there in northern Michigan. They were all uh, tremendous football players, uh, Andrew, Adam, and, and Alec. Um, Alec uh, was a running back, a quarterback, a, a, mostly a quarterback, and a linebacker. Uh, and I would say mostly a linebacker. But you switch back and forth mo mostly from quarterback to linebacker when you got recruited by Dayton. Go ahead. Yeah, well, <clears throat> well, I remember the first time you walked in our house. It was the first time I ever met you. And me and Adam were sitting at the kitchen table, and we had, like, pancakes, and we were just dousing it with syrup. And you're just like, what are you doing? And then uh, and then you go in our pantry, and there's just a bunch of sugary food that our dad buys us. And you're like, this is gone. This is gone. This is gone. Yes. So right away, I was – but in a big trash bag. Yeah. So and like right away, that was a walk-in pantry, by the way, that was no small pantry. Yeah. <laughs> so like right away, I was like, Oh, this guy, this guy, this guy's going to put me through, through hell, but it's going to pay off in the end. And, uh, I remember I was just, I was very intimidated because I was like, Oh, this guy, he's put people in college. That's what I want to do. Uh, my brother's got to play college football. And then, just from then, uh, you really like showed me the way on how to be a man as well as a football player. 
I think the average high schooler doesn't really know how much work they need to put in to be successful in a sport like football and just in general. Like, I think that's just like the average population of high school kids. And uh, I thought you really like introduced that to us, that it's going to take a lot than what you're currently doing to get where you want to be. Alex seems like a really nice, nice person on this call. And there, you don't know this, but I do know this. There's, there's an animal inside this guy that you're looking at on this screen because he played like an animal. I want to tell you, the, the, if you ever want to talk to your kids when you have kids or your grandkids when you're my age, you'll want to tell them the story about when you threw an interception downfield seven yards and the kid caught it and before he could take a step, you tackled him, yeah. and it sounded like a cannon went off when you hit that kid. Mm-hmm. You almost beat the ball to, to him. I still can't figure out how you did it. Well, I, I remember when I like threw it. I was like, "Oh crap! This is this is going to be picked off," and then I just ran after the ball. Did you really say, "Oh crap"? No. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, that was one. <clears throat> I mean, that was a holy shit moment for me that I, I was like, I, I wish I could have some really, really high-level college coaches here and have seen that live. But it was one of the most fantastic things I've ever seen. You knew you were throwing an interception, and you, you knew right when you released it, it was an interception, and you took off running, mm-hmm. and you hit that kid in full force. You played linebacker and quarterback. I don't think any quarterback's ever done it before. Honest to God, I've never seen that. You hit that kid so fast, he barely hung out of the ball. Yeah. That was one of my favorite plays of all time. That'll always, that'll forever be etched in the mole's brain. Some of the people would be like, hey, let's go, let's go drink on the weekend or whatever. I'm like, no, I got to train. I got to do this. I miss, I miss out on a lot of stuff, but it was all worth it in the end. And I learned that. Uh, mediocrity doesn't like greatness. And when you want to be great, you're going to be lonely in the process until you get to that point, which I was fine with because I had my brothers go through the same process. But uh, I mean, you also have to look at the other high school kids and they, they respect you for what you want to do and the grind you're about to put into it. But like, that's with everything, like people don't want to see you succeed and stuff like that, which is kind of sad. And uh, people always have that like too cool for school attitude where they just don't really care about anything, which I think that's just like the wrong way to go about life. Yeah, you, uh, I know you had to, you know, make friends outside of your own school to have Mm -hmm. enough friends to be able to train with. Yeah, that wanted that same excellence that you wanted, and Chris was Chris yeah. was a good, you you two guys were great because you guys competed a lot at training, yeah. and uh, you competed a lot in everything. Uh, in fact, it was there was many times when I felt like I was going to break up a fight between you two idiots because they would oh you cheated on that forty oh you cheated on that drill you know yeah. you guys would throw stuff Chris remember Chris used to get so pissed off he'd walk off and leave. Yeah, or it, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he's gonna see this, by the way. He's, he's, he's gonna be in it. He's gonna go. 
he's going to get pissed, you know. He's going to do yeah. the same thing. That hasn't stopped yet. Do you ever see yeah, him? I'm sure. Now that I'm not up there anymore, do you ever see him? Yeah. I, I usually see him over, like, Christmas break. Or, like, over the – I try to get with him in the summer sometimes, too. Like, I think the last time I saw him was over Christmas. Have you seen his hair? Well, now it's gross. It's greasy. I told him that when I, he posted, like, a picture. So this is one of the reasons why we're talking to you, because you got more important lessons to teach than a lot of people can teach young athletes. One is getting hurt. You know, uh, there's the attitude that's all over. Or, you know, I'm not doing this anymore. I've seen kids quit yeah. because they got injured and mm -hmm. uh, they didn't want to come back and recover from it. So those yeah. lessons that, that, that you learned are something you can, you can share the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, use this as a, uh, as a launching ground, not, not something to – we have a lot of kids go because there's this big drug and alcohol population on campuses, whether it be high school or college. And we have kids – uh, they get hurt and they go, Oh, this is bullshit. And they join the other group. They join in yeah. and they disappear. Yeah, exactly. I think like, I think personally failures are sometimes more important than successes because you learn more from them. So uh, you had a, an injury at uh, Dayton that uh, yeah. sidelined you and you decided to pull out a football. Uh, give some background on that. Well, I remember it was during practice, and we were just doing going against – I think we uh, – I think I didn't really notice it at first because we were just doing, like, linebacker drills. So I was like, oh, my back kind of hurts. And then I just went through practice, and I was like – and I went back home, and it was all, like, achy and stuff. And I played through it that week, and then Sunday when I woke up the next morning, it was just killing me. So I went to the training room, and they're like, hey, we'll just take it easy. Well, I didn't really think anything of it. I thought maybe it was like a strain or something. Yeah. And then I didn't play like the last three weeks of the season. And I go home for Christmas break and I'm trying to like cut and run and stuff like that. And I just can't do it. So then I get an MRI and then I have like some torn ligaments or torn muscles in my back. And then something was wrong with my disc. I forget exactly what like the term was. And then I had to just like sit down and have a conversation with my parents about it. And then we ended up just that it wasn't worth potentially having back surgery or something like that. And that was probably the hardest decision of my life. I just remember on the phone with my head coach and just, it was, it was so nerve wracking to be able to like, not to tell him that I wasn't going to play anymore. And I know, I know you miss football, right? Yeah, and I do. Yeah. You miss it a lot. Yeah. And the thing is, is you got, you got a lot of lessons in this thing, all right? Mm -hmm. You've given a lot to this to this game, okay? No matter what the end result is, you've given a lot to this game. And you've got something to give to other people who look at this and you say, listen, man, I put my ass on the line. I injured my body. I did everything to play football at Dayton University, which mm -hmm. I think is freaking awesome. And I think it's awesome that your brother did as well. They'll never, never, ever be able to pay Adam for what he's done for that school. I mean, being the first draft choice in, since, what, 1973 or some shit like that? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I think that your contribution to the school, I think your attitude toward the school is great. I know that as I'm saying this, 
uh, there's you, you're sitting there knowing there's a lot of truth in what I'm saying, but you're not about about to give it you know any kind of credence uh, simply because you love the school. Listen, what you've done for this uh, for that football program, what you did for the football program at Elk Rapids to make it competitive, I want you to finish with a great story. By the way, this is mm-hmm. probably the most embarrassing story to you in your football career, but it's actually a great story because you know. It takes a lot. It takes a lot for a guy like me to be coaching up in Elk Rapids in the fall, right? Yeah. Um, and there's other jobs that I'm, I'm being offered all over the place, right? But I'm staying okay. in Elk Rapids, and I'm on that sideline, and we barely have 11 players to play the game. You've mm-hmm. blown your shoulder out. You were at that stadium in Traverse City, where St. Francis is home field. I forget the name of it. And you're Early in the field. Yeah. And you, great stadium, and you're in that uh, position. I got to call you. Sorry. So you got all these. Uh, we've got uh, two guys that were up there working in the cherry fields. Uh, immigrants, Mexican immigrants, uh, who bar- one who could barely speak English. And we made them be the quarterback because you were hurt. Mm-hmm. And I think the score is something like ninety to nothing at halftime. Because I think it was like I think it was like forty-two to seven. Yeah, so, so so that season was a terrible season because mm-hmm. what what were there maybe five seniors on the team? I don't even I think know. There's like three seniors and only three returning starters from the previous team. Yeah, and, and none of those were seniors. And I think during the season we. Uh, we had some decisions to make because there it was iffy as if we, if we could put 11 players on the field, right, mm-hmm. up there. And uh, it, it was horrible. And you were the leader of the team. And yeah. you go down with a shoulder injury. Uh, mm-hmm. There's still a cloud of obscenities that looms over that, that stadium from when you hurt your shoulder. Yeah. I mean, I, there was a female – uh, referee on the field that that day, and I remember she was like, "Oh, you don't have to talk like that." You're like, <laughs> you're like blowing up bombs. Yeah. But so tell tell me what that season was like. I mean, that again, it's adversity that I'm bringing up in your life. Yeah. Well, I remember it was tough, just because I knew our team could have been better than what the end result was, and it was just it was dra- mentally draining because I put in so much work to my body and mentally for that outcome to come about. But I mean, once again, I think I grew from that situation, and it just made me train harder and push through the challenges of the upcoming off season with a with a recovering shoulder, and then trying to get this team to get on where get on track to where I th- thought it would could end up. Well, I think it's it's true that I've gone through a lot of adversity and stuff like that, and I think everybody does in their own way. And I think it's how you push through that adversity, uh, if that's going to make you a better man or a better woman or whatever, or a better person in general. It's how you get on the other side of that, that failure and turn that failure into success or a lesson learned. You know how many kids I've trained over? 40 years, a lot. A lot. it's a lot, you know, it's, it's in thousands and uh, it's, 
put a lot of kids in college. And I'm going to tell mm-hmm. you something. Uh, you're uh, you're as much of an inspiration as anybody I've coached. And I could take any of those kids and put them on this call. All mm-hmm. right. But the message to everybody is that's the guy you want to be like. Alec Troutman, you want to be a guy who doesn't necessarily end up in the NFL, doesn't necessarily end up uh, getting all the things that he wanted, uh, but he is a stronger person for it. All right, right, my man, I appreciate you coming on. uh, No problem. Next, young man, I have a a lot in common with because I'll tell you what, I was not a (laughs) – in high school, I did not reach puberty until late in, in school. Uh, I didn't get developed probably until late in my junior year and early into my senior year where I blossomed from about 5'8 and 175 pounds and couldn't do a push-up my sophomore year in high school. And I blossomed to a six foot four, 220-pound player uh, my senior year in high school. And then I think I didn't reach 220 until during that season. Well, Cameron Cooper is Mark Cooper's son, uh, who is also a host on this show. Tremendous story about uh, Cam in his junior season, a small player uh, fighting for a role on the team uh, out of Grandview High School in Aurora, Colorado. And Cam uh, really literally didn't uh, reach recruiting uh, possibilities until probably the seventh or eighth game of his senior year in high school. And he's the guy who we talk about the now moment. Uh, everybody has their now moment. And if you can play, you'll get recruited. If you can win games at a Division One level for a Division One team, you're going to get recruited. Cam was recruited by the University of Texas El Paso. Let's talk to Cam. All right, everybody. Cam, Cam, Cameron Cooper. I almost said Cam Newton. Boy, he's a long way away from being Cam Newton. Anyway, Cam Cooper, here we go. So I've got uh, on the line with us, live from the University of Texas, El Paso. I don't know if he's at the university or not, but he's certainly in El Paso, Texas, one of my favorite vacation lands. Uh, (laughs) I've got Cameron Cooper. Cameron Cooper is a graduate of Grandview High School in the Denver metro area. I was recruited out of uh, high school to the University of Texas, El Paso. Uh, Signed his letter of intent uh, over a year ago. Uh, I think it's you're a, you're a redshirt freshman this year. Yeah, but I gray shirted. Oh, that's right, you gray shirted. So you, this is your freshman year. Yeah. So this is your freshman year. Okay, so you still have five yeah. to play. Yep. Including this year, four. five years to play four, right? Yeah. Well, four, five, including this year, since this year doesn't count because of the whole coronavirus thing. Yeah. So I got four more after this year. Four more years to play? If you yeah. play this year, so you have five years to play. Yeah. That's awesome. That's actually pretty good news for a young buck like yourself. Why don't you lean forward a little bit toward the camera and show everybody you don't have any hair on your face. Why <laughs> <laughs> Offensive linemen, you know, are always so baby-faced. But anyway, so that's my jab at your dad. He's always picking on defensive linemen. So Cameron uh, went to Grandview High School. Cameron is on this uh, call because of not only his achievements as a football player, but because he had a unique, like everybody else, a unique uh, recruiting uh, sequence. And uh, 
he was a late bloomer. Uh, probably the only kid I've seen go through this thing that had the same kind of, uh, kind of recruiting that I had where I was, uh, I was damn near prepubescent until the end of my junior year. And so you're very similar to me. And there's a lot of late bloomers out there, especially with the way the recruiting process goes. So, uh, Cam, give me a little run, rundown of your ninth, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade years uh, from your playing experience and what you went through, especially first, through the first three years. Go ahead. So freshman year, I uh, played O-line. I was on the freshman team. Um, I played guard. And, I mean, freshman year, everybody's kind of the same size. They haven't, like, gone through puberty and, like, really started to develop yet. My sophomore year, everyone kind of started developing. I was still pretty much the same size. So my sophomore year, I played fullback because I wasn't big enough to play O-line. And then uh, my junior year, I was 6'2", 195, so I was still kind of just starting to grow. Um, and I played uh, tight end because I still wasn't big enough to play O-line yet. Still, for mostly, my, still mostly JV your junior year? Uh, no, I was playing varsity, but I was rotating with, uh, like it was every other series with another tight end. Okay. Go and ahead. then, uh, on like between my junior and senior years when I started working with TMB athletes and, uh, really that was kind of really where I started to hit puberty. I went from six two one ninety five as a tight end to six five two sixty playing my senior year at left tackle. And so that's really where I started to grow. And, uh, like, I wish I joined TMB athletes earlier too, so that I could, could have developed even more. But, um, well, you like were, tra really you were training, uh, with a, with a gym. I think your mom ran the gym or something at, for in your freshman yeah. year. Junior year. Yeah. So what between my junior and, Go ahead. Between my junior and senior year, we had summer workouts, so we'd be up at like 6 a.m. We'd go work out um, and condition after our lift. And then uh, after that workout, my mom was a GM at a gym, and so I'd go to the gym and I'd do another lift to get two a days just because I knew I had to put on size if I really wanted to play O-line and then play at the next level after that. So, so what I was doing two days. What was the difference between then and when you you joined our group? Well, then I really didn't have much structure, and really it was a uh, it was a lot of I almost was overworking myself because I had a, a hamstring tendon problem um, because I was just overworking myself, not giving myself enough time to rest, and also not recovering enough or stretching before my second lift. Cause I really, I went from my morning workout with the team and then I'd drive straight to the gym after that workout. Well, I'd, I'd eat and then I'd strive, drive straight to the gym after that workout and get another lift in. So as you recall, uh, our structure was uh, three days on one day off, three days on one day off for like six weeks. And then I'd give you like a couple extra days to sit home. Uh, at the end of six weeks, and then we'd start it up again one day, one day off with three days on uh, again right after you come out of that situation. Yeah. I think um, what we focused on were a lot of different things over the three days. 
Uh, we had yeah. different, different styles of training. Uh, do you remember what that was? How we did that? Uh, well, we had we had uh, shit. We did. We worked pretty much every muscle. We had circuits. Uh, we did sleds. We did a lot of core work, which is what I needed the most was core work. And so that's, that's really what helped me because I was still kind of growing into my body and I was still kind of like, cause I went from six, two to six, five from one ninety five to two sixty. So I was still just kind of growing into my body and getting core stability and core strength helped a lot with that. And helped I don't me know if you know this, but you know, it's, better hard, athlete. it's harder to gain weight when you're training and you're still growing because you've got yeah. your growing eating a lot of your food, right? You got, you've got to feed the body to grow. That's why some yeah. of the high school males get so damn skinny during growth because they have to feed the body just for the growth. And when you add training to it, there's a lot more food. And there was a lot, there was some pretty strict ways that we went about eating food. Uh, as you might recall, um, yeah, you're, Calorie intake was probably a lot higher than you'd ever had it before, right? Yeah. And uh, I was, you know, every now and then you'd look at me and say, I'm just going to go home and eat. And you live 45 minutes away from the gym. Mm -hmm. And I'd say, that's not the way it works. We're going to hit, we got to hit this thing within, we're trying to hit it within 10 minutes after we're done working out. Right. So there are a lot of differences in the way you were eating, eating and feeding your body. Right. Yeah. I was eating. I was eating better calories uh, with you because um, I'd come home and I'd have like a big thing, like family size of uh, like a ham, cheese, and potato, uh, like ham, ham, cheese, scallop potatoes, and just a chocolate milk like before bed, something like just a big dish. And it wasn't really necessarily like the best like source of protein carbs and vitamins and all the like necessary things. It was kind of just a bunch of calories that I was trying to eat. So, um, so a lot of people don't understand 190 something to 250, 260 uh, in a year. Um, a lot of people would say you're a liar because I've called me a liar when I, when I tell people about those stories, I've had freshmen in high school a lot of them. I had one, one kid probably set the record. He went from 124 pounds to 195 pounds. He went from the coach barely knowing his name to starting the next year as a sophomore. Uh, and his his growth was massive. Um, and people say that's just not true. There's no way you, a kid can put on 70 pounds in a year without looking like a tub of McTubby. And, uh, you know, the training the training aspect of this thing how much life do you think you gave to training, more training, by percentage than the average player at Grandview? Oh, shit, a ton. I mean, most most kids would go home and play video games. I'd, after school, after practice, I'd come home and – I wouldn't come home. I'd Yeah, I'd come home, I'd get food, and then I'd be driving to our workouts. Yeah, and uh, that was about a forty-five minute drive for you. So, uh, yeah. your com- your commitment to why did you do that? Why did you? I mean, you gave up mo- almost all, if not 
if not all of your social life to to drive this process right yeah but i mean it's what i needed to do to get where i wanted to be yeah so that's the why where'd you want to be i wanted to be in college playing division one football absolutely so uh what would you say to a to a kid who's a uh freshman in college and says i want to play division one football what would you think of his that statement that he'd make? What would you tell him? What are you willing to What are you willing to give up? What are you willing to sacrifice to get you where you want to be? Okay, and uh, you have an answer to that question in your own head, right? So yeah. what if I said, uh, "I, I, I want to train, and you know, I want to get myself a scholarship," because that's about as far as kids go with their explanation of I want to be. Yeah. What would you respond to that with? Well, see, I, I respond ultimately with a question because they just, a lot of them think it's just that simple that they can just do, do what everyone else is doing and accept a different, like expect a different result. Like you have to put in, you have to put in overtime and you have to put in that extra work. Like I was, we had regular school workouts and then I'd come and do a second workout with you or before like I worked out with you, I was still going in to the gym to get a second workout, eating the food I needed to. Did, uh, Cam, did you, uh, did you enjoy, uh, the group when you trained with us? Yeah, definitely. And I think, I think that's, it's helpful to have, other people with the same mindset and same mentality as you. Like, I mean, I was driving, I was on the road hour and a half, 45 minutes to get there and 45 minutes to go home after the workout. I was just hour and a half out of my evening after school, after practice and stuff for, to do what I needed to do to get me to where I wanted to be. And having people with the same mindset that want to do that, I mean, it was energy. You come show up and you put in work, but you'd be having fun at the same time and competing with one another to do that. Yeah, it's a uh, so uh, we talk about we um, in a lot of areas of sports. You know, uh, you, there's a lot of we here and there's a lot of want here. Okay, uh, and one of the things that uh, I tried to work hard on with you guys was, you know, there's a we you can be with, and that's the guys who want to party. They want to drink and they want to smoke weed or whatever the hell they want to do, and they still want Division One scholarships. So uh, we want, right? So you look at look at we want to a Division One scholarship, and we want to be able to party while we're doing this, and we want to replace ours with wasted hours and I still expect because of what I want, I want to get what I want. I still expect that I'm going to get a division one scholarship and that's it. And that's a loser's mentality, right? Yeah. So the guys, when you're talking about guys that were like-minded, I'm trying to define like-minded. These guys were guys who put it down and you say, what's it? Everything, everything they would have per, you would have personal hours but it was after you took care of everything you needed to take care of. Whereas you run into other guys who just want, and that word want 
is so big uh, because yeah. it, be, it would be nice to have all the way to I would mm-hmm. die for it, right? And somewhere, yeah. and somewhere in between all of that, uh, no pun intended on our, on our podcast here, but somewhere in between, uh, you know, their desire and their work of what they want is where they're going to land. Uh, either that Division One scholarship, or it would be nice to have a Division Division One scholarship, and I'll put the time in to do that. And you did that. Yeah. I mean, you did that. Uh, you showed up. Um, you used to whine at me that you had to drive 45 minutes both ways, and I used to whine back at you. Well, yeah, when it turns to an hour, like I drive to get to here, <laughs> and then an hour back, and it turns to two hours. Come see me about that problem. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, as you remember, uh, the drive was a pain in the ass for a lot of people. But to be able to put the group together was important because it. The, could you imagine just doing that with one guy, with me every day, you know, coming to see one guy? Uh, it just doesn't work that well. And then there's the other yeah. side of it. There's the other side of it, Cam, is we were never too big, right? Uh, yeah. until, until the last year when I when – I, took on 26 kids at Rock Canyon High School, and it turned into Romper Room, uh, which is when I decided to close the company right after that because uh, that was the only way I could make money was to take that size of a group when I was when we weren't working nationwide. So you go into the recruiting process. What do you remember about the recruiting process, Cam? It was really stressful. It was it's highly no stressful. It's no fun, right? Yeah. But you had um, – what if I would have sent your junior film to UTEP? Would they have recruited you? Not a chance. <laughs> Not a chance, right? But Not a did, chance. But then you came back and you had this moment in your senior year, this moment where I told your dad he wanted to get you recruited really a lot earlier than this, and I was saying no, not yet. I, and uh, Yeah. The philosophy was that every kid has his now moment if he works it. Because then, then every kid has a different now moment, right? And um, you look at guys like Aaron Rodgers, who graduated from high school, had to go to a junior college because he was only 5'10", 172 pounds. And when he graduated from high school, he had to go to Butte College and a junior college, and he was like a 4.0 student. He ended up at uh, Cal uh, Cal Berkeley, and then he got drafted in the first round in the NFL. His now moment came a little late like yours did, right? But his now moment came in junior college when he actually yeah. made a statement. I mean, you have these guys that are getting offered when they're freshmen and sophomores in high school because that's when their now moment is. And yours yeah. hit, uh, yours hit uh, geez, I think around – last week the beginning of the last week of october of your senior year right you were yeah where recruiting started getting hot for you yeah for the most part yeah yeah i mean i'm not talking about the division three schools or the division two schools yeah right so yeah I i had one school that wanted me to sign early i can't remember what the early signing date was but wasn't that north dakota yeah, I still wanted to wait it out to see, like, what else I could get and, like, what other opportunities would come because I still felt it was too early for me to make that decision. So that was that was a big stress. 
Well, yeah, but I remember should, it was, should I do it? Should I do it? And yeah, we, I think we were, we were at, we were at dinner, I think, weren't we? Yeah. So I, I said, listen, uh, you might lose it, uh, but you can always get it back. Because, you, you know, look, the fact of the matter is, could you say this about yourself? Every single time you walked into the weight room or you walked onto the field, you were the best player that you had ever been. And from the past, you look back, you go, I'm better today than I've ever been, right? Yeah. You're also the worst you'll ever be. Yeah. Right? So you're always, in tra- you're always in transition, right? Right now, as a college football player, you're the best college football player you've ever been, right? Yeah. But you're also the worst football player you'll ever be, I hope. Did you really say? Yeah, I still got a long way to go still. <laughs> so tell me about uh, the difference uh, between the high school game, your high school game, and the college game. The speed, the speed of the game, and on it, the speed and size, because high school, some, some teams were just like complete blowouts and like, I don't know, just kids that, like we're easy to like it was easy to block them. It wasn't it wasn't as competitive. But I come here and I got kids older than me and bigger, faster, and stronger than me. So I got a it was a big adjustment. It was me being a freshman going against seniors. Well, let's put this in a yeah, real let's put this in a real uh, situation. You went to the you went to play the University of Texas last Saturday, didn't you? Yeah. You traveled to the University of Texas? Yeah. Have you ever had a football experience like that in your life? No. <laughs> tell, tell me why. I mean, it was still only – it was only like 25% capacity, and you could still barely hear someone talking next to you. You could yeah. still – like, just the atmosphere, the crowd, the energy. It was – I mean – like high school Friday night lights is fun, but the game a, is a lot different at the next level. It's almost mystical, isn't it? Uh, when you walk yeah. into a stadium like that. And what about yeah. the, what about the size and talent of the Texas players? Uh, they're they're pretty. I mean, they're at Texas for a reason. So they thwarted you. They, guys I mean, pretty good. What's that? Did you ever have a chance in that game? No. <laughs> you just came straight out with the no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I didn't check uh, for participation in that game. I didn't watch it. Did you? You didn't get in that game, did you? No. You, like you saying? You were saying? Did we ever have a chance to win that game? Yeah. I mean, I think we had a chance to make a name for ourselves. I mean, it. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. I, I go into. I go into. I mean, you go into every game believing you can win, like having that confidence. And I mean, that's that's the mindset going into the game is that you're that you're gonna win. Because if if you don't have that mindset going into the game, then regardless, you're gonna lose. Like if you go in thinking you're gonna lose, like. If you go in scared, then I mean that's how that's how it's going to turn out. Well, especially along the front. I mean, 
you have a reason to be a lot more scared if you're along the front than anybody else on the team does, in my opinion. Uh, when you go to a Texas from UTEP to play Texas, uh, you have a little bit more to be nervous about. Um, like, you know, you look, you, you know, you're going to do battle. You have a, you have a really simple, simple, but difficult job In the run game. You need to move someone. Okay. Right. You need to physically move them in the pass game. You need to stay between them and the quarterback. That's a pretty simple objective. The lighter, you, longer you can ride the bowl, the more successful you're going to be. Right. And that riding the bowl would be being on a clock and staying with that guy and not letting him get away from you or falling off the bowl. You know, that's that's really, if you can do that longer than anybody else on your team, you're a better pass blocker than them, right? And if you can move yeah. people on every play in the run game, you're going to probably be better than the guys, the other guys, right? That's where you need to get, right? Right now, yeah. you're, not, right now you're not starting. Is it uh, – Difficult to understand the difference between where you are right now, and where you need to be to be able to be on the field. Because I know you're you're only a freshman. I mean, but you're still no. It's it's not difficult. I mean, I still got to put in the extra work and all that. The same things I did in high school to get me where I am now. I still am striving and pushing to ex like exceed my goals and expectations of what I believe I can do. You got all I mean, good. You got all that good Mexican food down there in El Paso, man. You should be able to pull a little <laughs> weight. Bet you're yeah. not. Bet you're not eating in the cafeteria that much. No. How's the training table? Uh, we don't really have one. We um, like we got like Rib Hut and like restaurants around here that we get meals to. Oh, okay. Um, like during the week. Because our, I mean, campus is closed down, but we've never really, we don't, like, down here, we don't have a, the cafeteria is not open the times we're available. Like, we're practicing when they're open for breakfast, and we're in class when they're open for lunch, and they're not open for dinner. So, we eat around campus. Well, that's not bad. They put you on a, yeah. on a like a stipend every day for what you can spend, or they just have it ready for you when you get there. They just have it ready. It, it um, I think it comes out of our stipend. Are you uh, are you uh, getting enough food? Uh, well, I, not for the weight I need to put on. So I'm gotta go to the grocery store. I've been meal prepping. Getting big dishes like of lasagna, mixed vegetables, chicken, and so I just meal prep and try to. I eat because we get one meal a day, and then I go and the rest of the day is on me. So it's you know I mean basically what you're saying is if you were talking to a, a high school kid who wanted to be a Division One football player, there's a lot more to it than just showing up on Saturday for your game and having your coach and your mom and dad tell you you had a great game. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, the work the work behind the scenes is really tough, right? Yeah, um, it's, it's a lot different than high school was. What was the difficulty in, in high school, Cam, when you were uh, training with us and you had your high school program 
um, and your coaches and the relationship that you had with them when it came to, you know, dealing with uh, working with me? Well, they didn't really want us to work outside of our own like facility, I guess. Like they didn't like us working out with other people. Do you think they, now, now we're, now we're four for four on this. Do you think, and I'm going to give you a shot at this. Do you think that it's possible for somebody like you to develop the way you did just doing your high school workout with the rest of your team? No. Yeah. So all of these coaches, I mean, I don't know any coaches that encourage their kids to go get more work in, in high school in the state of Colorado. I literally don't know any. Um, there might be some out there. I know a lot of coaches, as you know. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of coaches who hate me, and you can't have a lot of coaches who hate you when you don't know them. But I actually have a lot that hate me that don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, it's all because of that, Cam. They still, to this day, try and sell themselves on that concept. But every single kid I've asked, they said, there's no way I, I get this done just working out with my team three days a week or four days, whatever it is that you have yeah. to do. And you're having to put – are you one of the hardest working guys on your uh, at UTEP? I believe so. Yeah, well, I mean – do you outwork them? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you outwork them. Where'd you learn to do that? With you? <laughs> it wasn't really me that, that taught you that. It was that, sense yeah. of, it was that sense of being behind. Yeah. Right? And you didn't want to be true. behind. It's, it's the competition inside you that you, mm -hmm. are, you are working out to defeat a guy you don't even know to beat a guy in his yeah. position you don't even know, right? It's the unknown factor that keeps you going. What's it going to – how many workouts is it going to take for you to get big enough to play Texas and start moving people and stand between the, these fast, big, fast, strong defensive linemen and the quarterback, right? Yeah. And the coaching as well. You know, I don't know if the coaching at Texas is better than it is at El Paso, but I'm going to guess it is uh, just because – those guys at Texas are making a shitload more money than the guys at Texas El Paso, right? Because they they yeah. because they've proven a, a level of excellence that gets them into a Big Twelve uh, school to coach at, like Texas. So coaching is a big part of it as well. But the reason why you have to consume all of that, there's a lot of kids that won't even listen to coaching, you know. But the reason you know you get consumed like this is because you, most really true competitors that, that achieve something have a little bit of fear of failure in them. That you know I don't want to be second place to anybody. I want that scholarship. I want I, you know I want to win this game. I want to win, and it's that desire yeah. to win to keep going, right? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of kids you probably knew that thought everything would be handed to them, and nothing got handed to them, right? Yeah. Do you have the kids I had in high school would would look at me and say, you weren't that good in high school. You were kind of a pipsqueak, you know? I mean, you had that one good year. You have, you have any of those people in your life? Yeah, not in my life no more. But <laughs> yeah, there's people like that. Not in your life. <laughs> you gave them the freaking cam thumb? It is what it is. The loop to coop? <laughs> Get yeah. out of here.
don't need that. I don't need. I don't need that in my life. So I'll just let him go. Well, here's one last question for you, and this is a great question. I hope you get what I'm trying to ask you because I'm not sure I can ask it the best way possible. But did you get a sense of how football, how important football was to you by going to UTEP on a gracier ear, not playing football, going to school there, and just living there? like a normal student, is there a dramatic difference now that you're playing football in your attitude? I mean, it seemed to me like you were almost depressed your freshman year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was only I was only able to take three classes because um, that's what you have to do to gray shirt. You have to be a part-time student. Yep. Otherwise, if you're a full-time student, your clock starts. But, I mean, I'd go to my three classes – I wasn't – I mean, I couldn't work out with the team, couldn't be with the team. I literally – I went and did workouts on, like, I'd schedule workouts with the, uh, the the training staff. I'd have to schedule a time, like, when I could come in, when, like, no other teams were in there. I'd work out on my own, and then I'd go and do field work on my own. Um, so you were really – you, you were really lonely, really. Yeah, other than, That's the best other than that, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Other than that, I was. Plus, you're not the best looking guy in camp. I wouldn't imagine the Bettys were coming around that. Oh, uh, I don't know about. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, football. Uh, that was the first time you lived without football, wasn't it? In a long time. The first yeah. fall. Yeah. It was, it was horrible for you, as I recall. You know, you wanted to get yeah. out of there. You're like ready to just throw throw it in, and you'd do anything to go anywhere but where you were. And uh, I know that not playing football, not playing this game is another fear that we have that motivates us, you know, that says you don't ever want to do that again, right? You don't ever want to be sitting on a campus not playing football. Yeah. So so you got a lot of work to do. Um, Are you feeling feeling good about the prospects ahead? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean – I think, I mean, all I can do is work and let them see what I have. I mean, that's all it, all it is. I mean, just gotta outwork everyone else. Cause it's, it's not only that I'm, it's not that I'm only competing against the guy to earn a starting spot. It's that I'm competing across the nation to show out. I mean, it's like only 350 out of only 350 people go to the or get recruited to go to the league and I mean ultimately that's my end goal so the work doesn't stop here just because I am completed one goal doesn't mean that I stop and just relax and say oh yeah I'm I'm a division one athlete now like you have to you have to strive for something more absolutely you have you have to have my dad used to say shoot for the moon Son, you may not make it to the moon, but you'll have one hell of a journey, and you'll probably have a journey nobody else will ever have. And uh, but just keep shooting for the moon, and if you get to the moon, shoot for something else, right? Just keep firing. Uh, the the one thing that uh, God, there was something I needed to ask you, and it jumped out of my brain. Oh, have you watched? Uh, the podcast your dad and I did with Blaze Winter last week. 
No. You need to watch it. You need to uh, or listen to it. Blaze is a guy who was born with a hole in his face. He had a cleft palate. And when he was born, he couldn't go to school. He was His mother, kind of single, single mom, uh, raised him because his dad wasn't around. Uh, he did have a father, but he wasn't around. But he, he, uh, he had to have, by time it was totally taken care of, he had over 20 surgeries on his face. And when he was a kid, he tells the story of when he was made to go to school after some of the surgeries he's had. He had a dozen surgeries from the time he was in first grade to the time he was in eighth grade on his face. And uh, he was, the kids would throw him in the garbage, throw him in the dumpsters and say, this is where the garbage goes. And he'd go home and his mother would say, son, God doesn't make garbage. He makes everybody to be great. Well, he, uh, his mother dropped him off the football field before his ninth grade year and said, get out of the car. And he said, I'm not going. He didn't want to play football. He didn't like to be seen. He didn't even like, he had no confidence whatsoever. And he got, she pushed him out of the car and made him get out of the car and she drove away. And he yelled at her, I hate you. And uh, his high school football coach took him under his wing. He ended up being uh, uh, offered a walk on at Syracuse. Uh, by his second year, he was on full ride. Uh, by his junior year and his senior year, he was MVP and captain of the team. Uh, he got drafted in the second round by the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, he played three years for the Colts, went to the Chargers for three years, went back, to, went to the Packers for three years, and then went back to the Chargers for another couple of years. He played 12 total years in the NFL. He was the rookie of the year, his, uh, his uh, rookie year at the, at the Colts, um, which is a really high honor. But this is a guy who's now a nationwide motivational speaker uh, he speaks at the Glazer clinics and all the other football coaches' clinics. He gets hired by colleges, universities, NFL teams to tell his story. You should listen to it because it's everything you're talking about. It's everything you're talking about, you know, whatever your fight is. But his mantra on Facebook and everything he finishes, he always finishes writing a paragraph or a sentence, and he always ends it with, fight, I will. Fight, I will. That's his mantra. Because his entire life, he fought for every every freaking inch of ground he gained. And uh, that's really the message I'm hearing from you as well. Uh, keep on fighting, right? And yeah. maybe, one, maybe one day you'll be driving a truck that your dad didn't pay for. Uh, <laughs> I paid for this truck. <laughs> you paid for it? Yeah, it's a summer job working – cleaning ponds and doing landscaping what did you <laughs> yeah it wasn't you uh telling somebody i don't have any gas money and then have them pay for your gas so you could pocket the change yeah you remember the car i was driving <laughs> i do the car had two hundred and ten thousand miles on it with a broken shock and shattered back window and i was still driving 45 minutes to a workout <laughs> <laughs> that's right man that's what it takes all right cam yeah. that's that's it you got you got any uh, words of wisdom to throw out? I mean, just strive for greatness. Fight I will. All right, man. Yeah, nothing, nothing much. Hang on, I'm going to shut the recording off.